Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If Tulsa has an unofficial mayor, it would have to be Danny Boy O'Connor. Since the former House of Pain hype man moved to Tulsa and opened the Outsiders House Museum, his name and the city of Tulsa have been joined at the hip uh, hop. (laughs) He's brought movie stars and pop culture icons to Tulsa to see the house and hang out with him. And I get that. Danny's just fun to be around. The guy loves life. Back in the day, his drug addiction led to the breakup of House of Pain, and it led Danny down a path of personal discovery that eventually brought him here. Now, 18 years sober, a conversation with him careens through topics and goes where he wants it to go. You know, I had this whole plan in my head to really drill down on his battle with addiction, uh, his father going to prison, more on his personal life, all this stuff not related to Tulsa. But as you'll hear, the qualities that make Danny a great hype man also make him a tough interview. He's going to hype what he wants to, and I'm cool with that. Entry number two in the Damp Otter Files is part one of our chat at the church studio with Danny Boy O'Connor. You've been really kind to the radio show and certainly kind to Tulsa. I guess I kind of want to start there. I don't know if we've ever really delved into why you picked Tulsa. Why did you move here to begin with? (laughs) I'm trying not to say anything sarcastic because I usually don't like any praise. So, you know, I was going to deflect real quick, but I I bit my tongue. Um, It's a great question. Thank you. Yeah. This is uh, your maiden voyage, my maiden voyage on your podcast. So I'm I'm excited. I usually... uh, you know, it, it means a lot to me. You've been very kind to me. Everything you've said to me really is uh, I reflect back to you, not not out of lip service, but uh, that's why. Mm-hmm. Coming here, you know, originally I came here on tour, 2009, had no reference of Tulsa. I didn't know Tulsa from a hole in the wall. And it was during that three days that I discovered that my favorite book and movie at the time it was really the movie, if I'm being honest. I hadn't read The Outsiders yet, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. I had seen The Outsiders, and I'm 54 now, so I was probably 13, 13 and a half, uh, almost 40 years ago. Right. That's uh, the anniversary is coming up in a few days of the movie, and the movie meant so much to me that I that it, it literally changed the way I moved in life. Whether it was Dallas Winston's, you know, denim jacket, or the way he talked, or the way you know, I related to the world from 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 those from that lens, uh, and so I get here on tour, and it, it was a lot different than it is now. And we were talking before, you know, going live. Um, it was a ghost town downtown, especially. It was Spaghetti Warehouse, and it was the Kane's Ballroom, yeah. and Kane's Ballroom is still the anchor. Uh, it is, you know, it is the, it is like the the tip of the spear as far as you know legacy 
venues and all of the greatness that has happened under one roof. I mean, I'm so glad that that's here. That was appealing to me as well. I know that a lot of my favorite bands had played there, but uh, no one better than the Sex Pistols, who Steve Jones and, and Paul Cook, but mostly Steve Jones, the guitar players, mm. I, you know, a good friend. And so I was very... Uh, happy to, to know that they had played there and then took a photo inside their, the, the manager's office where they have a hole allegedly punched in the wall. Right, I've seen the that Sex hole. Pistols were yeah. leaving that venue uh, by Sid Vicious. So I took a photo of that. And then I, uh, the epiphany happened on our way to the Woodland Hills Mall of all places that there had to be more of the Tulsa than the Woodland Hills Mall. No offense to the mall, but when you're <laughs> you know 40 something year old, you, the, the mall is not as exciting right. in, the, you know, <laughs> in the 2000s as it was in the 80s. And uh, I realized that the Outsiders were filmed here and I went, you know, I commandeered our driver and and gave him a hundred dollars to take me around Tulsa and look for these things. And we found the drive in and, uh, because of a website called TC, uh, uh, Tulsa TV memories, we found Crutchfield park and I was able to like you go on the internet. There's very little information in 2009 about all of this stuff, but, uh, there was, there was a, a gentleman with a Flickr account of all things. I don't know if you remember Flickr. Yes. And, uh, he had put the house, uh, on that on that account and uh, the house from the outsiders and I believe that there was information on the internet that said if you could find the park you could probably find the house and uh, the movie was so impactful to me it was just the right age just like the book is to kids and all of that stuff and uh, I just started to fall in love with everything about that it was still there that that you guys hadn't torn it down Tulsa felt like the land that time forgot it kind of just felt like something had passed over this place and it was kind of like hermetically sealed <laughs> good, good bad or indifferent you know uh, the way it was as i remembered it as a 13 and a half year old in woodland hills california seeing this movie you know for the first time so i started to just romance this whole notion of like tulsa it's my new like, were you at new... the time thinking i got to get out of california was not at all no. no you know what it, it's it's the great question dan like i was around five years sober at the time um, after House of Pain, so to back up all of that, in the 90s, I started a rap group called House of Pain, uh, me, Everlast, and DJ Lethal. Um, Everlast wrote arguably the biggest, one of the biggest hit, you know, hip-hop songs of all time, being Jump Around. Uh, we were a group for around eight years. At the end of the 90s, maybe 98, from, so from 92 to like 98, um, uh, then it all falls apart. He goes on, Everlast goes on and getting Grammys and doing solo records and selling millions. Our DJ goes to Limp Biscuit and sells millions of records, and I throw myself, you know, a, a, a pity party and 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 discover drugs. You were so, you were making a spiral. Yeah, that's a downward. Here. That's how my life was going. Like imagine <laughs> when you flush the toilet, then you see <laughs> the in there. swirl. Yeah, <laughs> it was bad, and and you know, so it had been a decade off the road, and I w wasn't doing anything except for you know, battling addiction really, and it was it was really basic on fear and not wanting to move forward not knowing how to move forward you know um, and I don't want to go off on a tangent but you know uh, alcoholism and for alcoholics is usually described as like you know feeling like egomaniacs with low self-esteem mm. you know look at me look at me with no in between what are you looking at you know yeah. like that kind of and I didn't know how to come off of you know that that I don't know what even what the word of it. It was just like I was too I was too cool for school, but I did, wasn't qualified to do a to, to work at Starbucks. So that's a weird place to be, and it really humility gets me out of that. But 
I put another group together at the end, you know, a decade later called La Coca Nostra, and it became a super group. And it right. ended up, in the long story, became it became all of House of Pain. All three members were in it. Uh, Ill Bill Slain, who we just, he, I do movie after movie, and he's, uh, he's another reason why, you know, uh, Tulsa worked out so good for me, and I'll get to that in a few. But I started coming back and forth. So I, I come on tour. We play Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now I'm like, I'm hooked. I put those photos online of the house, the drive-in, and the park, and people start to go bananas. And so now I start this new thing, or I start urban exploring. I use the tour bus as like a, you know, the vehicle to get me around the U.S. So you started doing this at other tours? Yeah, I would hit as many movie and true crime or, or points of interest that were historically significant in anywhere USA because I'm sober. And I'm looking with new eyes now in ways I wasn't. In the 90s, we weren't looking for historically significant looking locations. For we were looking for girls drinks and you know that kind of yeah. stuff shenanigans right yeah but uh you know as in, now i'm in my 40s i'm sober you know uh, highly caffeinated and i want to find out what what's going on and then we're at the the the, the tipping point or this it was the first time in recorded history that you could literally have everything you need on a smartphone i.e you you got a way to record video way to uh, take photos. You've got uh, maps with Google Maps. You've got the internet, the world's largest library since, you know, the Greeks. I mean, it's like you could, with a smartphone, this was the first time on the ever being on tour that we had a tour bus that, that had all of the Wi-Fi enabled. I could have a laptop and then I could go out into a town with a phone. It's very reassuring to get around with, with these devices. And so I took it, took full advantage of it. Never in a million years, even in 2009, thinking I was going to come back to Tulsa. But it, it, it just kept speaking to me. And the further I went with this hobby, it's uh, urban exploring. You know, we do a thing online called the Delta Bravo Urban Exploration Team. If you're interested, Google it, it'll come up. Uh, we got, I got people all over the planet, mainly in the US, but London and, and, and you know five other countries. Uh, we do this hobby, which is find historical stuff, take a Photoshop, you know, take a photo, mash the photo, and put it online. And okay, so, in, in, in all of those cities that you've done that in, I've got to ask, if not Tulsa, what other place captured your imagination? Uh, I mean, we'll be here all day. Any movie, so any of those John Hughes movies, you know, I'm, I, anything that feels good for me was all of those coming-of-age movies. So I grew up not far from where the Bad News Bears baseball field was and the Bad News Bears 1976. <laughs> I grew up Fast Times at Ridgemount High, so I going to Van Nuys High School. Chrissy McNichol, by the way. I'm, such a crush yeah, on me, me and you <laughs> both, which that's suspect, though, because she was very androgynous. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, okay, yeah, right, right, right. Because I look back, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> She's kind of That's weird, boy. I'm like, hey. <laughs> maybe I'm gay. I don't know, maybe. Who knows, you know? Because I look back at her. She was smoke show. That's a whole other, that's a whole other podcast. That's, that's a weird Because I, I used to see her in Beverly Hills. She used to work at Giuseppe Franco's after the acting thing as in a hair salon, you know, a completely different looking than she did as a kid. But, you know, I grew up, so I'm a native New Yorker who came to L.A. when I was six years old, and right. there was culture shock. There was no, things were different. People were like, say quarter I'm like quarter they're like say water I'm like water I'm like I'm punching kids out their shirts because they're making fun of me they just call me Disco Dan which my mother had <laughs> oh my god we have that in common yo that's fighting words <laughs> when you're in the 70s bro my mother had an incredible disco collection if I gotta give my mother credit 
it, it's for her taste in music. It's Motown. It's it's all it's every it's all of the disco New York style R and B all of it. And you come to Southern California, it's all like monster rock stuff. But before, like it was, it's like. It's like power rock stations, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's 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 Van Halen, Black Sabbath, and I love all that stuff. But I also love disco, and I grew up in. I was in the skating rinks. You don't skate. To uh, my the- first job behind a microphone was at Skateland in East Moline, Illinois, in tenth grade, so you know. as a DJ, and then as an underage DJ at a bar called the Poison Apple in Silvis, Illinois. About a year after that, so but yeah, <laughs> so disco. I mean, we're in the we're, listen. We're in the we're, the Gap Band got their start in the room right we're, here. We're sitting in, yeah, so, I mean, I'm sitting. By the way, I'm sitting in Leon chair here That's I won't tell but I mean so that why were we talking about that now I already forget yeah, well, because oh, so I, I was I, asking I, about other cities and Tulsa no I'm just saying so okay so when you can imagine I get to LA and I'm like we live in a park and I'm looking out the park and Todd Bridges is playing football from different strokes and I'm like calling my cousins back in New York and they're like they're telling their mom Danny's got a lying problem He's saying that Todd Bridges and Adam Rich, rest in peace, and all of, all of these kids, they're all in the San Fernando Valley. They're all working in the industry. It wasn't, like, hard to find. Like, I was shocked at the roller yeah. rink. There were people's names. You're going to Ralph's and you run into people who were working in the industry. They were filming Chips on our block. It was the biggest show on TV at the time. You know, we sat there for hours just watching. It wasn't even, it wasn't even the real dudes. It was, like, the motorcycles on a trailer, and there were stand-ins all day. But we didn't care. It was like, yo, we're watching. You're watching it on a, you know, a Thursday night, but you're seeing it live. Being, it's like, so as a New Yorker, my mind was blown. Sure. So this is like in my DNA, pop culture. And if I look back even like with adult eyes, like we were raised on pop culture. Like Fonzie raised us, Sean Anna raised us, the Happy Days, all of those shows, like a bowl of cereal and the TV raised me. <laughs> my mother was at work. My father was in prison. The television raised me. The radio raised me. So all my information, good, bad, or indifferent, comes from that. Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Mike Damone. Like, bro, he had the five-point plan. You don't even remember what I'm talking, but he tells Rat, who needs dating advice, the five-point plan. And that was the big brother I didn't have. Wow. I needed that information. It was flawed information, by the way. But I, I needed that. I'm a fatherless. You know, I grew up with no no male role model. Those, those tough guys on TV became that for me. And Fonzie was tough. I mean, when I was a kid, Fonzie was cool. Cool. I came from New York. I'm gonna tell you this because I got a, I got a. My aunt said, you know, good luck in California, kid. I'm gonna take you to the store. I want to buy you a toy for the fir- your first ever flight. And I didn't want the toy. They had a rack of comic books and eight by tens because Happy Days was so big. I made her buy me a Fonzie photo, and I went to L.A. with my Fonzie photo. I put it right above the bed, man. And it's still, it's not lost on me that those kind of characters are the replacements for what you feel you should have like it, as a dad and a you know what I mean yeah. and I think and, and to tie that all together with the outsiders that's why the outsiders is so important because it's talking about broken homes it's talking about not you know uh, feeling welcome it's talking about being disenfranchised and disconnected yet it's talking about brothers looking out for each other and and creating a family that you have either lost or don't, never had with complete strangers who have the same best interests as self-preservation and then sticking together and this will this will always be something that um uh the i an idea i embrace you know what i mean and Mm. it's it's really why as an adult because let's be honest it's a kid's book it's a seventh grade book it's written for it's a young adult book written by a young adult for young adults 
I got friends that are a little bit older than me. They're like, Danny, uh, the movie, I didn't, yeah, I was already doing drugs when the movie came out. Like, it's just a kid's movie. Like, Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses was like, bro, I was doing coke off the, 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 the toilet seat in CBGBs when that movie came out. I wasn't, uh, but I said, well, I tried to explain it to him when the Guns N' Roses played. I was, because we're friends. I'm like, right. you got to come see what I'm working on. And he's like, well, we'll get it done first, and then I'll come. And I was trying to explain what it is. He goes, no, no, no. Oh. I was doing coke while they, that movie came out, but I know my daughters are in the play right now at school. They both oh, read it. Wow. And so he knew it wasn't oh, like he didn't know. I was like, yeah. oh, okay, that makes sense. He goes, but open it first. Get it to where it needs to be. I'll bring my family. We'll see it properly with my family. So anyway, I know that's a lot, and I get all excited when I talk about this, but the the draw for Tulsa for me was so many different little things that made this thing so appealing originally it was the outsiders and after five years of urban exploring after finding this house in 2009 by the way that house was for sale there was a for sale sign it just came up on my my throwback today uh it, it was for sale for forty two thousand dollars now coming from la nothing is for forty two thousand dollars <laughs> not even in 2009 <laughs> in extra parking space yes uh a tree perhaps <laughs> You couldn't buy a house anywhere in LA, in California for $42,000. So the, the fact that, one, that it could be had, one, it was still, still on earth. Two, that it could be had for forty two grand, And three, that it was the house from the outsiders. I, I just, I, was like, how, I don't understand. I don't understand how this is possible. So for the next five years, this thing kept like, it just kept coming back up in my subconscious. Like I put it in the back and just be like going with your day to day. And next thing I know, I was like, I wonder what they're doing with that house. And after five years of doing this urban exploring, this urban exploring thing I'll tell you about, when I put it on the internet, it caught fire. And it was based off the outsider's house. And so many people from all walks of life that I'm friends with were like, bro, where on the Warner Brothers lot is that? I didn't even know it still was here. I was like, nah, it ain't. They're like, where is that? I'm like, it's in Tulsa. They're like, where? what's Tulsa? Like, where's it? I'm like, Tulsa, Oklahoma. They're like, oh, it's all the way out there. I'm like, yo, it's, it's still, it's still, it's real? I'm like, it's a real, yeah, it's real, bro. It's a house, the drive-in, the park, it's all it's here. All real. Like, wow. We'll continue our church studio chat with Danny Boy O'Connor in the next Damp Otter Files. And we'll talk about that time Danny got into it with Habitat for Humanity. He, I, he, I said, do you not know that this is the outsider's house, sir? And he said, insider, outsider, I don't care what sider. I could have put two habitats here. And I said, well, I got another place you could put two. That's the Damp Otter Files this time. Aaron J. Morton writes and performs our theme music. I'm Dan Potter. As Danny would say, stay gold. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.